Speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Last week here at St. James, we marked Education Sunday, which is to say the resumption of all the ways that we seek to grow and to learn here in this place. And our goal in everything that we do, not least our education, but in everything we do at St. James, is to become disciples, to be students who seek to have the same mind in us that we find in Christ Jesus. That's our goal. And we do that by listening to what the Spirit is saying to us in the scriptures that we've just heard, in the breaking of the bread, and in our prayers. We seek to discern what the Spirit is saying to the church. Our challenging gospel reading this morning, it immediately follows where we left off last Sunday. It's a continuation in Mark's gospel, literally the next part of the story. In a brief recap of last week, remember that Jesus is traveling on foot to Capernaum with his disciples, and those disciples are arguing among themselves who is the greatest, who's first, who's the best. And Jesus is, you know, he picks up that they're arguing about this on their way to Capernaum. So when they make it into town, settle into the neighborhood, and and find the house that they're going to stay in, Jesus sits down in the middle of the room, disciples around him and some others, and he calls a child to himself. He holds the child in his loving arms, those same arms that will be outstretched, for the salvation of the world. These arms hold a little child in the middle of this house church in Capernaum, and he teaches his followers that whoever will be great among you, whoever will be first, will be servant of all. Just as countercultural now as it was then. To be the greatest, you must be servant of all. And whoever welcomes one such child, the child he's holding in his arms, welcomes me, Jesus says. So this morning, again, we pick up right from there. And Jesus is still seated on the ground. He's in the the house in Capernaum. He has the child in his arms. And one of the disciples says, this is John. John says, teacher, when we were traveling on the road to Capernaum, when we were walking here, um, when we sort of took a moment to stop bickering about who is the greatest among us, We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not, he wasn't following us. Now, I'm not sure why you would want to stop someone from doing good, let alone casting out evil spirits. But we can get territorial, can't we? We can get territorial when we're striving after who is the greatest, who's first, Who's in? Who is out? We can get territorial as the church. Who's allowed to do good? It has to be the church, doesn't it? No. Jesus is saying to us, whoever's not against us is for us. So he's teaching us by the power of the Spirit this morning, wherever we see Christ-shaped love going on in the world, partner with it. Rejoice. Rejoice. You know, it's comforting to me as a uh, one-to-be disciple, one who wishes to follow Jesus, 
that the disciples in Mark's gospel are notoriously slow and dense. And they just don't get it. That gives me great hope. And Jesus, in response to John, you know, we, we tried to stop this person. He says, if you're not against us, for us. And then he gets to the part that feels really difficult indeed, that part of the gospel this morning. He's still holding the child. He's still in the house in Capernaum. And he says that if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it'd be greater for you if a, a great millstone were hung around your neck and you went to the bottom of the sea. Challenging words. Even if they are hyperbolic, they're no less challenging. If you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones, it's of grave concern. So let us, through the power of that same spirit, clearly hear the charge that we have a responsibility, a duty, to care for the most vulnerable in our midst, the children and the most vulnerable in our midst. This must be the work of the church. And it's also important to remember that Jesus, in word and deed, which is to say in the things that he says and in his actions, Jesus is always pointing us to the kingdom of God. So seated with the child in the middle of the, in the, middle of the house in Capernaum, he's not simply shaming the disciples into kind of better behavior or right action. He's saying that if you want to know what it's like to welcome God's reign, the kingdom of God here, think about what it means to welcome a child. That's what he's getting us to see. How is he pointing to the kingdom? Think about what it is to welcome a child. And what is it to welcome a child? We could think about this as the church, welcoming children. For a moment, let's think about it as a parent. From a parental perspective, what is it to welcome a child? It's the joy, it's a great joy, of a love deeper than you ever thought possible. Right? Amen from the parents? A joy of a love that is deeper than you ever thought possible, combined with a newfound fragility in a heart that is always on the verge of breaking. Yes? Jesus wants us to know that's what it is to welcome the kingdom of God. A newfound fragility and a joy that is unimaginable. It's also, is it not, a constant stream of insight gained by seeing the world through someone's eyes who's taking it all in from, uh, for the first time, combined with an exhausting stream of questions that you're expected to answer. So welcoming a child for parents, for the church, it's always to welcome a life-changing and frankly disruptive presence. And I don't just mean disrupt, disruption by, you know, like rambunctious noise of little ones. I mean the disruption of all the ways that we uh, argue about who's the greatest and posture. All of the ways that we think it is about, you know, us and our own self-absorption. Children break that open. So the child held in Jesus' loving arms is a sign of God's reign. It's the disruption of a kingdom that wants to turn this old, tired world upside down in love. 
Now this morning, we remember the high calling of putting children and all the vulnerable at the center of the church. That's what the kingdom looks like. And James and Jesse will come to the center of this room right here in just a moment to be baptized. And as we welcome them into the household of God and proclaim the power of the resurrection, God's reign wants to disrupt our self-absorbed world. And we're not only welcoming the new life that these children are powerfully calling us into, we're welcoming Christ himself in these children. Because in the gospel, Jesus doesn't say that welcoming James and welcoming Jesse is like welcoming him. Jesus says that it is welcoming him through these children. You know, it's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who bounds himself, binds himself to the most vulnerable, to children here in our midst. That's what's happening in baptism. Jesus uniting himself to Jesse and James. So we have the real presence of Christ in our midst. We have the God who creates the universe uniting himself to these children in our midst. And through them, through Jesse, through James, Christ's disruptive love is turning up right here in the middle of the church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.